I mean, yeah, I mean, saying I, I'm saying this as a person who really likes mayonnaise. <laughs> this thing is disgusting. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 198 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. How's it going, fellas? It's going guys, okay. Pretty, guys. Pretty good. There's a new world record for single-handed Rubik's Cube solve. <gasps> oh, yeah? It's 6.9 seconds. So single-handed, in this case, means literally one hand, yeah, not just like, holding. I solved it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> holding the cube in one hand and making the moves with yeah like 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 Kevin is doing with his hand well so is it start from a an Wait, arbitrarily so scrambled position off <laughs> yes like, oh his other hand uh, oh, oh yes yes you know I, I I'm confused because like what what does it mean what is the starting position uh, it, it's so I actually looked this up yeah it's scrambled what okay it is revealed to the contestant. The contestant has 15 seconds to inspect the cube. 15 seconds. To wow. inspect the cube. And then um, there's a timer that they start by um, placing their hands on sensors. Okay. When they remove their hands from the sensors, the timer starts. Okay. They they solve That's the cube and then put it back the on the sensor to stop the timer. Okay. And so the guy looked at the cube for like 10 seconds and then spent like seven seconds solving it Man. I can't and the cube was clearly like a competition cube like yeah, there's no I'm sure it was like super it's greased loose. yeah yeah I, I bet it actually was okay but what prevents one world record attempt from having a solution which only required like eight moves versus another one that required 80 I, moves? i bet there's um i bet there's rules about that i i I th the regulation said something about like the judge looking at the cube after the scrambler had scrambled it or something. Okay. So what if the judge was colorblind? If your job was, <laughs> they wouldn't have. Yeah. You presumably then the person who hired that, that fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what would you tell people if your job was scrambling Rubik's cubes for competitions? Do, okay. Do you think that there is anyone alive now who's their who only makes, job is makes their money with anything having to do with Rubik's cubes? Or is this like just entirely, entirely uh, avocational? I mean, probably the manufacturers. Yeah, are they still selling? Like, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I've bought one are, in the last like ten years. Are they selling in in a at a rate at which they would have factories operating around the around the year? Hmm. hmm. Okay. Oh, so you're probably saying somebody maybe that who yeah, who like a person who puts the stickers on Rubik's cubes? Yeah. Cubes. Um. Also, the guy who invented it probably still gets royalties. I'm Mr. pretty Rubik. sure that guy's dead. Oh, well, never mind I had then. a Rubik's Cube when I was a kid that had different uh, Texaco logos on it from throughout <laughs> the ages. <laughs> Were they different enough that you could do solve it? Eh, or you could differentiate of. pretty easily? Well, they weren't different enough that I could solve it, but I think that was probably not because of the logos. It was probably sure. because of my uh, lack of patience and spatial skills. Did you ever get any good at Rubik's Cube? I got good enough to solve the top two layers, meaning I memorized one of the macros, and then there were there were like five more I needed to memorize to solve the bottom layer, and I was like, eh, not worth it. Yeah. What are you looking up, Kevin? Are you looking up scrambling rules for Rubik's Cube competitions? I am trying to look up the inventor of the Rubik's Cube on Wikipedia. It's Enrico Rubik. Um, the problem is that he is not showing up 
because he's uh, dead. So Erno Erno Rubik is, okay. shows up. Almost what I said. Okay. <laughs> uh, who's the father of Erno Rubik? I think this might go on for. Wait, is guess. he his own father? Is that why he was so good at puzzles? <laughs> I think it's possible that, that okay. is what's going on. Rubik's family tree puzzle. It's just, the Rubik's family tree is just a cube. Yeah. <laughs> it's just based on his own weird incestuous time travel bullshit. He didn't really invent it. He just kind of discovered it. Yeah, well, I mean, in a different timeline, he, he invented it, but then it caused a closed loop. So nobody can now be said to have invented it. Rubik is currently 70 years old. Oh. Oh. Well, I and apologize alive. for saying that you were dead, Mr. Rubik. <laughs> I mean, his father his of you. the same name did die, though. Oh. So it's easy. I could understand how you guys could be confused. I guess no. they're the same guy, then. No, the, right. they, they, he's both dead and alive. <laughs> he's in a box with some poison. Schrodinger's cube. <laughs> do you guys want to uh, Do you guys want to read some listeners' mail? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Die Vernon writes, Have the experiences you all have had with Hearthstone changed any of your thoughts about magic? Which do you think is better, and why? I feel like I'm the only one with any significant experience with Hearthstone, really. Mm. Right? I played it for like an hour. Yeah. Did you play... You played some Magic in the 90s. I played a lot of Magic in the 90s. Yeah, I played a lot of Magic in the 90s. We've dabbled in Magic since then. Jim, what's your what's your experience with Hearthstone and with Magic? I have... My experience with Hearthstone is listening to you talk about it. Okay. Uh, my experience a with pretty ma- dreamy experience. If I it's, do say so, you know, it's, it's a pretty positive experience. Um, you had a lot of erections. <laughs> I just got one right now. <laughs> my positive with my, my positive experience with uh, Magic: The Gathering was playing a game that a friend of mine designed or was working on, rather, that was a mashup of Magic: The Gathering and chess. Okay. Um. And that game was pretty nascent, so it it wasn't very good, but it was fun to try it. And so that was like my, so he he kept like he just assumed I had played it and assumed the playtest would be over in like half an hour, but it took like an hour and a half because I like I didn't know how magic worked. Oh wow! And so he had to explain to me about like how attacks don't target specific enemy units you they the 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 recipient actually chooses which is weird but interesting yep that sort of thing um so that's that that is the extent of my experience with magic and hearthstone the more like trying to pay attention to magic now is nothing like paying attention to magic when i was in high school and yeah first playing it had to know about 200 cards yeah, you, you basically could know every card. and well, It was a CCG even back then, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. No, it always was. But it, there just wasn't nearly as much of it. Right. And also, people didn't take it very seriously as a game yet because there was no, like, pro scene. So there wasn't all of this just, like, insane bullshit esoterica that seems to have just driven the design of everything about that game moving forward. Right. Like... I so I have this example that I have memorized the name of so that I can look it up on Gatherer to like demonstrate what I think one of the problems is that I have with modern magic and its interpretations. So there's this card from uh, maybe it was from I think it was from Antiquities. It was from like the second Magic expansion. 
And this is what it's a creature and it has an ability that you can like tap it. And this is what the this is what the text on the original card said. Use this ability only when you cast a target artifact spell. Play this ability as an interrupt. Flip a coin. Target opponent calls heads or tails while coin is in the air. If the flip ends in your favor, draw a card. Otherwise, counter your artifact. More than one goblin artisan's ability cannot target the same artifact spell. Right? So that is like kind of confusing, but you understand what it is, right? You can parse it out. Yeah. These are some guys, and when you cast an artifact, you can activate these guys and then flip a coin. And if it comes up in your favor, if you win the toss, then you'd get to draw a card. If you lose the toss, your artifact doesn't go off. The like official rules text in the errata for this is tap this creature to flip a coin. If you win the flip, draw a card. If you lose the flip, counter target artifact spell you control that isn't the target of an ability from another creature named Goblin Artisans. Which, what the fuck? I don't understand that last section at all. So that that is to make it so you can't do it more than once on an artifact. You know what makes it so you have to be casting an artifact in order to do this? The fact that you cannot activate this ability without declaring all of its targets. You have to know that weird bit of knowledge right and target artifact spell you control means that you are casting an artifact when you do this because otherwise there would not be a target artifact spell you control like somebody sent an example of and i forget what this was like but it was like basically like this creature that was like well if this if this thing gets killed it can come back from the graveyard but the way that the thing was worded it like came back from the graveyard along with all other creatures that had its same name that were in the graveyard until they did some weird errata about that like this sounds a lot like git documentation <laughs> and well, undoubtedly, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a game that is played a lot by the same sort of people that like to write get documentation and that makes and, a lot of sense. Really complicated games of nomic and and rules lawyer, their D and D dungeon masters and stuff like that. Right. Like what I liked about Magic: The Gathering when I played it was like, oh, fucking skeletons! Awesome! Like I can <laughs> yeah. tap a swamp and then one more mana of any color, and then I have some skeletons. And like if they die, I have to just tap a swamp and they come back to life because they're fucking skeletons. Of course they do. This rules. Uh, and then you know, oh, there's this. You can tap a mountain and do three damage to anything, but apparently that is crazy overpowered. Which it probably is. Whatever. Like. Magic was fun for me when it was like a weird sort of quasi role playing thing that just had, you know, mostly just it was flavor of things that you were doing. And then when it became a serious game, I just kind of lost interest. And that seems to be I guess there's a lot of people that discover magic now. And if they discover it by buying like cards from the base set, which are not just bewildering. Part of the problem was every time we tried to like, hey, let's go. You know, we haven't played magic in a long time. We did this several times over the years. We haven't played Magic in a long time. Let's go to the nerd store and buy some Magic cards and play Magic. And then, like, the first time we did that, it was in the middle of some block. Right. And we we couldn't find the basic. We couldn't find any basic cards, so we just bought, like, some Ravnica decks or whatever. And then just couldn't understand what was happening on the cards well enough to actually play the game. Like. Yeah, because they had all complicated keywords and. 
and stuff we'd never heard of. They didn't come with instructions anymore. I don't know exactly, like, to a person who's getting it. I mean, I guess that's just not how you're supposed to get into magic. Like, you're not supposed to buy a bunch of decks from the current block, right? You're supposed to buy basic set cards, and they just happen to be out of them. You're supposed to get into magic as a 14-year-old in 1995. You know, Mark Rosewater is one of the coolest people in the world. Just go ahead and say that. Uh, and I really like listening to his podcast and I really like reading his, uh, his blog posts and whatever. And I think he's a smart dude and I'm sure the game is great. Um, but Hearthstone is just so accessible and all of the things that people complain about, about Hearthstone are like, oh, it's so simple. You can't do anything on your opponent's turn. I'm like, well, that's what makes it com- comprehensible as a video game is that there aren't all these weird, like, you know, playing magic, the, the, the magic computer games that come out, like, why are why do I have to keep hitting this button like eight times? Oh right, it's because there's technically eight points in my opponent's turn at which I might want to do something, <laughs> and I have to like make sure and acknowledge that I don't want to do anything at each of those eight points because otherwise, if I did want to do something, then if I was way more serious about magic than I am, <laughs> I, then this wouldn't support that. But yeah, I mean, I guess Hearthstone has made me both appreciate my old experience with magic by producing something that is very similar to it. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts about Hearthstone and magic? Nah. People who say like Hearthstone is magic for babies are, that's fine. Cause now I just know that I don't ever want to play any games with you <laughs> because you said that. Uh, Blaine says, game recommendation, Ori in the Blind Forest, a Metroidvania with gosh darn beautiful graphics and awesome mechanics and story. Yeah, I need to play that. I've heard, I've heard up and down opinions of the story, but from what I've heard, the gameplay is pretty good. Yeah, what I watched a friend play like available? half an hour of that. It looked pretty good. It's like PC and console exclusive something. I don't know. Probably. It is available on PC? Yeah. Yeah, the animator, uh, James Benson, the animator for Firewatch, that was his previous gig was doing the animations for that. And he is a, he is a nice dude and a good animator. I think the game looks really nice. It, and I played a little bit of it. I played a demo of it at GDC, I think. And, um, I don't know, it felt like N plus. Like the way that your dude moves around and the way that you have to jump off of stuff felt like N plus in a way that was satisfying. Or N, I guess. N plus is the one I played more of. Is N N plus 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 plus? Is that out yet? I don't know. Played it at Indiecade. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything about it. But then again, I might not know anything about it because... Was it N Plus the one that came out for 360? Yes. Okay. Hamfish says, A few episodes ago, you were talking about games to send back in time to your younger selves, and Telltale came up, but you couldn't think of a Telltale game for kids. Did you forget about Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people? Did you just not like it? Were you not attractive enough to play it? Yeah, <laughs> that was probably the problem. I got stuck in it early on, and I, I actually never didn't went back to it. like it. I really want, I want to revisit it. Yeah, I, that that was definitely, yeah, even after Walking Dead, that's still my favorite Telltale game. I really, really like that. And a lot of it is like that I really like the humor of Homestar Runner, right? Um, I think the reason that I didn't like the game is because I did like the humor of Homestar Runner and it wasn't being delivered fast enough oh. in the context of the game. It was like. <laughs> I mean, compared to the rate of yeah. new uh, 
new Homestar oh, Runner. Well, oh, okay, but I'm saying like <laughs> moment to moment, but like, versus in within a single cartoon. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Man, I wonder what it would be like going back to Homestar Runner now and trying to watch all that. Like, would it be funny? Would it be tedious? Because there's a lot of it, and I've forgotten a lot of it. Would that be entertaining to do? Yeah, I, I, I bet a lot of it's hit and miss. But also, I bet that a lot of it still real holds up really well. Yeah, I mean the the couple of them that he's come out with recently have been funny. Yeah. Peru says, "Hey guys, in episode one ninety seven, you got all the way through talking about the assignment without ever saying what game you were discussing. I'm guessing <laughs> it was Frog Fractions two. Thanks for the great podcasts. No, it was Lisa, a painful RPG. I'm sure we said the name of it a couple at times, least but, once. Yeah. yeah, but it's it is easy to." Miss because yeah. it's literally just four letters, which and, and it's also a painful RPG. So that Google. could have just been description, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, and we could have just given it a nickname of right. a girl that we didn't like or that hurt our feelings as a child, right? Or like maybe Lisa just walked into the room, so we said her name while we were talking about the game. Yeah, our producer Lisa. Yeah, who sits in the corner while we're recording. The painful producer. All right, this is from a this is from a a, a listener who is asking us to uh, guess their identity. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. <laughs> the reason bagels in San Francisco are awful is because most of them are steamed, not boiled. Love is the law. Love under will. Um, so listeners to the KOL podcast will immediately be able to identify that. What person. are the things that are steamed here? Bagels. Bagels. The reason bagels are bad in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do believe that at Cat's Bagels in the mission, they boil the bagels, and that's why the bagels are good. Um, Jeff says, did you know that there was a WoW uh, trading card game? I did. Hearthstone rule set is a near one-to-one translation down to the art and stats of some cards. The WoW trading card game featured a raid deck format, which had many players versus one who played as Onyxia or Illidan. Pretty cool. Kevin and I played one game of the WoW trading card game and we're like, wow, that was really good. Yep. (laughs) And then never touched it again. Um, I was, I was a little surprised when I found out that they were doing an internal card game and then i when i realized that it was not actually physical cards it was just a computer game i was like oh okay that's probably how they got away with that yeah because <laughs> i just assumed that they that they would actually print out all of these cards and try to have like a a, a physical card game but i think they probably can't do that because of a the non-complete deal with upper contract. deck yeah upper deck yeah upper deck entertainment is who published the wow trading card game they're like a baseball card company i think that didn't it become didn't it, that go to somebody else Oh, I don't know. I it, it was Upper Deck at some point. Hmm. That game was a real Upper Decker. Mm-hmm. Adam Lipkin says, Hey guys, have you, and by you I really mean Zach, read the Shut Up and Sit Down article on Cards Against Humanity? A lot of it reminds me of what Zach said on the, the, the Ludology podcast, and then links to it. I did uh, I did read it. I, did you guys see Is this? that the one that they were talking about on uh, Metafilter? Yeah, I did not. Yeah. Crypt- Cryptozoic took it oh, over. Cryptozoic took it over from from Upper Deck. From Upper Deck. Okay, yeah. that's why I, I was confused. I also don't know what you said on the Ludology podcast. Oh, I just so my my to the extent that I have a problem with Cards Against Humanity, my problem with Cards Against Humanity was not the one that I feel like most right thinking liberals have, which is that it is like offensive and tasteless and and sort of you know marginalizing to the already marginalized my problem with it is that it takes a thing that is very important to me which is the ability to sort of deal with trauma and tragedy by making jokes about it 
and it makes it into a thing that no longer has any power to mm. actually do that. Mm. And also that it is a shitty like, game. Well, well, sure. But I mean, apples to apples is a shitty game and I don't have the same problem with apples to apples, right? Okay. Like, it, but it, I do have the same problem with apples to apples. Eh, yeah. Okay. I, it is a thing that lets people feel funny by allowing them to construct jokes out of other jokes, which is not how that works. Yeah. And part of it is me just thinking like, no, you should actually have to be funny in order to feel that. And that's just me being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's so, in that respect, it's like rock band. Yeah. You know, you, you get to play the part of the funny person. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, as, as a shitty objection, my, my, my real objection is honestly just the it joking about terrible things and and this is because i grew up around cops Mm. joking about terrible things fulfills an important role in human psychology and when you make it into a party game it diminishes its ability to fill that role Mm. and just makes it into a thing that everybody's attention gets drawn to and is just bad but i i don't feel like it's used in the same context as like cops blowing off steam after work because they need to 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 cope psychologically like they're not going to go sit down with the cars against humanity to do that and they still can do that like even if their children are playing it yeah i know okay but i like i don't think that that mechanism is just for cops i think that that well that was that was just an example. But no, I, I sure. Yeah, I you know, it, it's it's possible that my objections to cards against humanity are not particularly well formed, but I know that I never want to be around people who are playing it because it's just like, ah, god, fucking this again. I mean, yeah. I feel like that Fair the enough. recent review that has been making the rounds was like re- pretty salient and touched on a lot of the same points that that you have, you know. Sure, like, and that's the context of yeah, the question. Yeah. You were looking up something about the yep. wow trading card games. i was like, weren't paying yep. attention but yeah yeah i mean yeah i don't know it's hard for me to agree with a lot of the like sort of common like internet radical left objections to it that are like that you know you just this shouldn't be allowed and because i think like i you know it should be allowed to make jokes about this but it should mean something when you do it as opposed to just being a game. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the root of my feeling about being it. Being a, a game that like you don't, you don't have to take any ownership of the joke because you've been dealt these cards randomly and are just jamming them together. It's so interesting it's that you compare that it to, doesn't mean anything to rock band also though, because it's also like, okay, well now Every party is the fucking Cards Against Humanity party for a few months. Yeah, that's true. Right, which is the same thing that happened with Rock Band. And uh, like, what was your reaction to Rock Band? I mean, I enjoyed it, but like after a while, it was like, wow, I really wish that like people were just here at this party instead of like four people at a time making a bunch of noise over in the other room and like not only not participating in the party but also making the party worse for everyone else oh man things were so much better when the new drum kit came out yeah i miss rock band 
I, I miss those parties. I had a lot of good times with it, but then I just got sick of it way before everybody else did. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was the kind of person who would play Rock Band alone. Yeah. So, Are they all making four parts. a new one? Some, a I new would play two. Of yeah, there's a new, the new Guitar Hero yeah. with the, with the new kind of. Hey, you know, and I'm, and I'm quasi interested. There's a, in that. Yeah, there's a new Guitar Hero and also a new Rock Band actually. No. Hmm. Yeah, they're, um, they're trying to make it. I don't know why they're making it. They're making it for uh, the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four and, and phones. They're oh god, maybe. <laughs> no, seriously. The the Guitar Hero thing. They're like, yes, you can play this on a phone. Like uh, it, it's uh, all right. Yeah, just like a Bluetooth um, single controller that's cross platform, which is nice. The the interesting thing. Oh, yeah, that is good. The interesting thing about um, Rock Band Four is that they're trying to maintain backwards compatibility with all the old hardware and the old. DLC as well. Yeah. I mean, that they just have to. Like, yeah. they, they would just get pilloried if they didn't. And I kind of feel like I feel a little sorry for them that they have to support that because I'm guessing that that is technically pretty challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I am doubting that they will be able to get like the Xbox 360 controllers hooked up to the Xbox One. And also, it's completely unreasonable to ask them to like make the Xbox 360 DLC work. On the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in a perfect world, it shouldn't be unreasonable, but you just know that it is because you've done something ever. And so you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to do anything with... What What I really don't get is why they aren't making Rock Band 4 for the Xbox 360 and the PS3, where all the user base still is. Is that true? Uh, they haven't announced the, 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 the announced platforms were the the next generation ones. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, do, I don't actually know anything about console penetration rates yet. Oh, oh, yeah, I. It's it's not. I don't know the numbers, but more the than sense that I get is that there's very pre console pre, like previous console generation sales at this point. I don't think. Yeah. How many of those are still working and plugged sure. into stuff? I'm not sure. And the last generation was a long generation. It was. And everybody said it was the last one. I mean... And now everybody says this is the last one. PS3 is a good machine. Yeah. I like I just it. gave mine away. Because I realized I've never... I haven't played it in years. And I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a PS4. Fuck you, Valkyria Chronicles. I mean, I'm going to buy you on Steam again <laughs> and play you there, I guess. Probably not. I don't know. Have you guys been playing any video games? Mm, no. Little Big Planet on the PS3. Have you? No. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw your tweet riff yeah, about. Yeah, uh, I, I finally finished La Mulana without nice. without hints. So wow. The the internet said it couldn't be done, but I did it anyway. So that was nice. cool. That you that, should write. You should write an essay about your experiences with it. I should. I, I it should write to... a real review instead of trying to to extemporaneize uh, on this podcast because I'm I'm not as good at that. But the the one thing that I do want to say is that it it struck me as a game that was just full of heart. Like you could tell that the guys that like it's four guys made this, and you could tell they put a ton of love and de- dedication into it. And I feel like if they had if they had balanced the difficulty to be more like wide reaching accessible. Yeah. To be more accessible then people would be talking about it in the same breath that they talk about cave story. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. But yeah, it was really I sweet. feel like I hear about those things in the same breath anyway. I, I think cave story is a lot more widely played. Yeah. Hmm. 
But yeah, uh, so that I I really haven't played. I, I'm continuing to play Monster Hunter Four, but just in like dribs and drabs because it's kind of repetitive. So it's not a game that I feel like sitting and playing for hours at a time. I do like two quests and then I find on something a else to do. Yeah, well, not in the toilet because they are like half hour long quests. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, you'll get a hemorrhoid if yeah. you do that. <laughs> Unless you, you know, you got to get up and stretch your legs, switch to an upper decker for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or just, walk over just to the neighbor's the house. Shower, and, you know. <laughs> oh, there you go. Waffle stomp. But yeah, so I'm between between games at the moment, and I may replace some of that video game playing time with novels reading time. But do they make we'll see what like? Happens. Do they make sleeves so you can use your phone in the shower? Oh, just put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, probably yeah. Ziploc bag. Although, would the touchscreen read properly? It works through a fine through a Ziploc. Yeah, through a Ziploc huh. bag. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I remember right. when I broke. I remember when I broke my uh, first iPhone. Just taped it on. Put it in a bag, and then just because the screen was all shattered, and I was afraid I was going to cut myself. So I just put it in a bag, and I was surprised to find out that it still worked. Hmm. Huh. Neat. Yeah, I, when I go uh, backpacking, I'll often put my phone in a Ziploc. In case it rains, so I can still pull it out and use it as a map or whatever. Or Smart. in case you get when you go to a party, you put it in a ziploc in case you get playfully pushed into a pool. Huh. Yeah, phones have really taken all the fun out of that activity. <laughs> you know, I would argue that what took all the fun out of that activity was its inherent nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never had anybody push me into a pool, but if anyone ever had, I would have climbed out of the pool hurt them as much as I could and never spoken to them again. Because, yeah. okay. I mean, even yeah. before phones, there is the matter of your wallet. Yeah. And your clothes and your dignity and well, what the fuck is wrong with that asshole. Your clothes will dry out. The The important papers that you keep in your wallet will not be the same again. They'll just get some personality. <laughs> Man, I remember when my library card wasn't stuck to this photo, the only photo that exists of my dead uncle. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Good thing you, you worked Jim? at the library. <laughs> Every library card just has his picture on the back of it now. <laughs> uh, um, I am doing the thing that I did when I was 19, where I get excited for a video game and I play similar games. Uh, where like uh, so I, I played uh, what, are you about to guess, Kevin? I was trying to. Uh huh. Was it Castlevania? Uh, close. Okay, close. I played um, uh, the Banjo Kazooie series ah, okay. and and Donkey Kong sixty four, which is basically part of that series. And I didn't like. I didn't finish any of them, but like that's that is some long term deferred excitement though, because that yeah, that is no, not going to come out for like two it's years. Coming right? out very a very long time from now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like calm myself down eventually. Um, and honestly, like after playing these games, I'm not like, I really liked, I still like Banjo-Kazooie. I still think it's, it holds up really well. Um, but, and I, I think they, it's possible that they'll be able to do something that good, but I'm not sure that I don't really think there's any way it can have the same, I don't, not even the same impact on me, but like, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good in my memory as, uh, or as Banjo-Kazooie is in my memory. Uh, so I need to like calm myself down in that respect as well. But, um, in the meantime, I'm super excited. Banjo, so Donkey Kong, they came out in this order, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, 
Banjo Tooie about a year apart each. I think there were se- separate teams working on Banjo Tooie. Yeah, that's the name of the sequel to Banjo Kazooie. Okay. Yeah. Was that the series that had the nuts and bolts game where you built a race car? Yes. Was that okay? That I, was th- that I, was actually really good. I played that. That is the only game in the series that I ever played. I read a review of it on GameSpot or something and bought it for the Xbox 360 and played a couple hours of it. Yeah. And it was like kind of a fun like it, it was sort of like besieged like uh-huh. in that yeah. you just had like a kind of a vo- like a set of voxel blocks to build a vehicle with yeah. and then you'd run the vehicles along these you know, courses and try to achieve objectives and yeah, yeah. gather collectibles and stuff like a video game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that game was frustrating to Banjo-Kazooie fans, including myself, but it turns out to also just be a really good thing on its own. Um, Donkey Kong 64, like, really... So, Banjo-Kazooie was always, like, a, like a very collection-heavy... Uh, genre or other, or other game. Like it, it was based on the, the um, Super Mario 64. And I was always really into that sort of thing. Like, like the, the idea of, you know, running around a world, like, and you're collecting like physical tokens of exploration. Like just the coins in Mario 64, like you get that coin. That means you, you were that we were there. You saw this thing a lot like, uh, collecting map pieces in World of Warcraft. Um, Donkey Kong 64 really took this to like a crazy extreme where there are five characters and they all have collectible bananas throughout the level. So you have to like go over every level five times, like scouring every corner for collectible items. And it's, and that was something that like, even at the time, I actually liked it a lot just because it was one of those things where you, you just get into the game and you just zone out and play it for, for dozens of hours. Mm. And I remember explaining like this mechanic to a friend of mine. And he's like, it sounds like he, and he said, that sounds terrible. And like looking back on it, it really kind of is. Um, I remember playing the first few ratchet and clank games. In yeah. A similar way. Yeah. I feel like these are all series that were born in a time when I had basically given up on video games because early 3d stuff made me believe that video games were just a th- thing that i wasn't interested in anymore yeah yeah. i can understand Uh, that so a lot of a lot of the stuff from that era like did you ever play crash bandicoot no nor any like i don't know was bubsy yeah when i say yeah it was well bubsy 3d was okay Uh, when i say banjo because it still holds up you have to like you have to kind of be able to appreciate really low poly art suspend your disbelief well, oh, I mean, I'm a big World of Warcraft fan. I can appreciate low poly art. Okay, well, you're gonna have to try a little harder, even still. <laughs> um, like oddly enough, uh, Banjo, Tooie, and Donkey Kong sixty four, like they look worse because they were trying to do more. Hmm. Like they wanted to make the levels bigger, and they couldn't. And then this was re- resulted in like a reduced frame rate, and also just like. Just enormous polygons covered with really muddy, like blurred, blurry textures because the N64 could only have, I think, I think that the limit was that a texture couldn't be more than four kilobytes. Mm. So like a single polygon with a texture on it, if, if, if it's like something that's stretching out over half the screen, it's just going to look like a mess. Um, I, I really think they overshot with that stuff. Like they, they tried too hard to, to, 
just make it more epic and just made it look really ugly. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I, you guys are waiting for me to, like, if you guys are waiting for me to, like, come to a conclusion, I don't really have one. <laughs> but. We're just hoping that you're going to snap out of your, uh, your ukulele. Yeah, yeah. It's enthusiasm. Just, it's not going to happen during this air. podcast. It's pronounced ukulele. Not according to that Y at the beginning of the title. Y ukulele. There we go. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Video games? Uh, I played a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies 2 this past week. It's their five or six year anniversary or something. And. What? Isn't it? I think so. Maybe of yeah. Plants vs. Zombies 1. Mm-hmm. Plants no, vs. Zombies 2 right. came out since we came to San Francisco. It is not five years old. Maybe the six-year anniversary of Plants vs. Zombies 1, I guess. Uh, wow, you are unstuck in time. Dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, I have no idea how long this game is. I'm, I'm totally accustomed at this point to like things that seemed like happened yesterday. Wait, oh, I, that was 20 years ago. I was ago. still married Whoops. when Plants vs. Zombies came out. Okay. What? Is that how you measure time? Well, I mean, that's one of the, it's one of the ways in which I measure things that blessedly ended more than five years ago. <laughs> I used to measure time by where I lived, and then that stopped working when I was 15, and I stayed in San Diego for like eight years. Ah, shit. Yeah. Well, you never know when the, you never know when the ages end, right? Like, you can never tell, like, you can look back on your life and think it's divided into, like, periods. Yeah. But it's never clear when one ends and another one begins until a few years have passed. And right. In retrospect. Yep. Yeah, and it's hard to tell how long anything was. But yeah, the Plants vs. Zombies 2 came out, I am guessing, less than two years ago. It's 2013. Okay. And so, and Plants vs. Zombies came out in 2009. 2009. So it was six yeah. year anniversary of the original game. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad we straightened this out. <laughs> yeah, it's super important. Um, but they had like a sort of week long event where you could earn their like in-game gym currency for doing their little daily mini games. So, uh, Why that game has just continued to be after super me? fun. Say what? Why did they name the currency after me? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a picture of your face too. So you, you might want to look into that. Hopefully. Yeah. How are the holograms these days? Yeah. Kevin wanted to know because he can't tell the difference between your name and gem. <laughs> oh, Oh, the like strawberry jam, the delicious thing you put on toast. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the trailer for that? The like the teaser trailer for no, that movie? No, people seemed angry about it on Twitter. It is as somebody who really enjoyed the cartoon. When oh, so it was you mean a girl? Uh, the trailer is the trailer for the reboot movie is just garbage. Hmm. So it just it bears so little resemblance to the cartoon that like it might as well not be in that universe. Did you feel the same way about the Josie and the Pussycats movie? I didn't know the source material for that at all. Okay. I just liked the movie. You liked the movie though, right? The movie was good. I enjoyed that. That's why I was confused. I was, I was, I thought they had already adapted it. And then I realized I was thinking of Josie just in this conversation, mm. I was thinking of the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Right. Because apparently like I've never seen the two of them in the same room. Right. It might be the same person. At, yep. From, okay. This is what I gathered from not seeing the trailer not ever having watched Jim and the Holograms as a kid and seeing the reaction on Twitter uh-huh. today. 
in the 80s cartoon yeah was gem some sort of computer no synergy was the computer okay and then in the new movie there, there's no computer it's not not in the trailer like does not appear it, once the word synergy is spoken but i don't think it's to a computer so yeah okay is synergy like siri synergy is like some super hyper advanced like AI, ai computer that okay like a Cortana. generates holograms like the tv set with the lips on it and the new monkeys uh maybe are you sure that wasn't just like a rolling stones video it could also <laughs> or, have been rolling they were just watching they were just watching a vhs of rocky horror picture yeah. show where they paused it yeah. at the lips so <laughs> hmm. yeah and then in the cartoon she was the head of the record label and here she is being taken advantage of by a like evil corporate record label Maybe it's an origin story. Uh, maybe. I guess it could be, in which case, uh, okay, I guess. This one starts out with her, like, posting a, a video on YouTube and, and gaining fav- fame in the Bieber way. That's so, how you do it these days. Yeah, I guess. You get, just get on the information Bieber way and <laughs> try to find your fortune. <laughs> how about you? You've been, you've been playing can... some Arcane Tower. Yeah, that's I've been, true. I've been seeing you do it. That's true. Um, I have played some it's pretty good. I'm not very I, good at it. I made the mistake of telling Tom Francis about it, and now he's been doing the daily and just kicking both of our asses that's every true. single day and making me feel like a big dumb dummy. Uh, man, Arcane Tower continues to be so good. Yep. It is a good game. Yeah. Everyone should buy it. I searched for that game on the Android Play Store. Does it exist? Nope. Oh, well. It does not surprise me that it is iOS-specific. I'm going to bring you my old phone so that you can start spending your hard-earned American dollars where they belong to Venezuelan video game developers. Chilean? Is he in Chile? Can I I just, like, send him a check? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they can... To frame it. ...check based on (laughs) U.S. currency or not. I I bet a check, just any check, is worth, like, $2 in Venezuela. You could probably, if he was in Buenos Aires, you could go pay him in, like, stolen Jew gold. Is that a thing in Buenos Aires? I feel like a lot of that ended up to... No, a lot of, like, like Nazi war criminals fled to Buenos Aires, right? Like, isn't that... That's a thing. I'm not making this up, right? Like, I didn't just, like, start talking about the Holocaust for no reason. (laughs) Right? Like... (laughs) I mean, I know I do that sometimes, but... He's he's from D, he's from uh, Santiago, Chile. Okay, is was it Brazil? That was what the movie was called. Do you mean Boys from Brazil? Maybe Brazil was the Terry Gilliam one. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I know Buenos Aires is one of the first uh, the first cities up against the wall when the bugs from Starship Troopers invade. That sounds appropriate. No. They didn't like Nazis at all. Speaking of Nazis, actually, I've been playing a bunch of Wolfenstein the Old Blood. There still. we go. Not a Segway. Not a bunch of it. There was a <laughs> there was a sort of a cute moment where you walk into a room, I think it might be a library, where you're overhearing a conversation between two Nazis, and one of them is like, Man, why are you always such a dick about other people's grammar? And the first one <laughs> wow. is like, I just you know, I'm I don't want us to lose the purity of our language is all and and then i wrote down on my little post-it note lol grammar nazi so that i could 
say that anecdote on this podcast. It's, man, if you want to see everything that I think is worth saying about Wolfenstein the Old Blood, just follow Brendan Chung on Twitter because he is posting screenshots of everything that I wish I could take a screenshot of and post to Twitter. So Is there uh, also a soup Nazi in the, the game? Uh, there, there might be later. I haven't gotten to a, uh, any soup areas yet. Okay. I keep getting irritated with the game because even on easy, I'm so bad at first person shooters that I regularly get killed in sort of combat arena scenarios. And like the last thing that happened to me was there's this segment where it's like, you're in this cable car that really slowly goes down a cable and then, Oh no, they stopped the cable car. You got to turn the power back on and then shoot all these guys. It's like a really long time before you get killed. And then it restarts the previous checkpoint, which was you getting into the cable car and then having to go through the like minute of just running down the cable before anything interesting happens. And it just makes me really mad. Bad. I, I'm surprised that in this day and age we're still seeing games with badly placed checkpoints. I mean, that it's got to just be that the people doing the testing are good enough at the game that they don't get killed doing this, right? So, like, they... Or maybe I'm just crazy impatient. Maybe it's only, like, 30 seconds. But, like, the fact that you have to spend 30 seconds doing nothing even once is kind of bullshit. Yeah, Having to do it well, twice is unforgivable i mean once you're just enjoying the scenery and that's, that's true. fine yeah. and the anticipation because you never know when something's gonna happen yeah i uh, no, i that that's sort of even if it, even if it's if it's like 15 seconds that's still a badly placed checkpoint but still you know there's a lot of like you just shoot dudes like I don't know. There, there's still like some good dialogue. It's not. It's not. It's less of a. It's less of a good work, I think, than the game that it's DLC for. But it's you know, it's still fun. It's a well put together thing. Isn't this kind of cool, like mechanic where there are areas that you can climb, but you do so by like you have this like pipe sort of that you unscrew into two sharp parts, and you just plunge them into concrete to use the pipes as pythons for. Dang climbing i feel like that's a ninja climbing tool basically yeah Yeah. that's pretty good and you just kind of have to like rock back and forth on the two mouse buttons and if you fuck up you'll fall so it's wow i don't know that's it's like tactile in a way that feels if you could really jab stuff into concrete walls that would be such a rad way to climb things you can only do it in kind of fucked up concrete okay you could get a job hanging uh pictures Yes. Oh, yeah, in fucked up concrete, but yeah. like in post-apocalyptic bunker decorator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just post-communist. Okay, yeah. But so, the, I think that in this, in the fiction of this, they maybe have not yet invented the concrete. Oh, I thought so they had not yet invented communism. Communist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've not yet invented communism, so they have no idea what they're doing. The The concrete that the Nazis use in the fiction of Wolfenstein, the New Order, to like just <laughs> rapidly take over the entire world quick like drying cover concrete. every city with like <laughs> nazi brutalist architecture yeah it's just quick drying that's all it is that's but then you f- find the weird ancient jewish mystic nexus that contains some sort of mold that destroys that concrete i don't Super remember the story of Wolfenstein, the new order it's very much like that though well, really yeah Huh. Yeah, you rescue a guy from a concentration camp and he turns out to be like the last in the line of, you know, thousand years 
thousand years old line of, of sort of Jewish wizards. Okay. And you go to Atlantis. Ugh, does he have I a think. golem? I don't remember if there are golems or not, but it seems like a thing. There's, there's, there's a, if you want to, if you want a video game with a golem in it, like in the traditional sense, you can play, I have no mouth and I must scream. It's true. Uh, cause you set that up. If you want a video game with a golem in it in a non-traditional sense, just play any video game, basically. <laughs> um, one of the golems in Dragon Warrior was called a gold man. Hmm. And I wonder if like Goldman, was that a joke or was it just, oh. no, this is a man made of gold. Huh. <laughs> it's like a Goldman Sachs reference. Yeah. Well, we're just like making it, I don't know. Making a golem and then are naming there, it a common Jewish last name. Are there other mans? Um, maybe. I don't actually remember. Lend Dirt man. Dragon Warrior was not very good. I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah, but wasn't very good. On reflection. I haven't reflected on that game in a while. Did you actually replay it? <laughs> uh, I have at various points. It's very, very dull. Yeah. I mean, it's like a console JRPG, right? It was, I think it was the first of that lineage. I think that was the game that inspired Final Fantasy yeah, and pre, also everything else. Pre-Final Fantasy. It was, it was the first one to at least get any widespread recognition in the U.S., I think. Like, it came free with Nintendo Power for a long time, so everyone had it. Oh, that explains how I had it. Um, yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, there are so many copies of it everywhere because it was just ubiquitous. I don't know if they just made too many of them and that's why they decided to give it away or if they were, like, trying to open the U.S. market to JRPGs. Right. I feel like I've actually read books about the history of console RPGs and I should know this, but I just don't remember anything. Like Kevin. Yeah, my memory is terrible. Is that all you've been playing? I'm I'm trying to look up different enemies from... <laughs> Dragon yeah. Warrior. There's the Stone Man. There's the Horowitz. <laughs> Leaf Man. Um, is there anything in the news that you guys want to talk about? There was God Galaxy. Did God Galaxy come out in the last week? It did. I uh, I used it for a minute today. Uh, it's like Gog's answer to Steam. I installed Master of Magic and played a game of Master of Magic that I lost on like the 40th turn because Barbarian sacked my home city. Wow. Uh, but I wasn't really I wasn't really playing playing it. Here's what I will say about it. It lets you reconfigure the video modes of DOSBox from a universally from a GUI inside GOG Galaxy rather than having to edit the INI files hmm. to get stuff to play in a window where the pixels are the correct size and shape. So I'm already fucking sold on it. Like, And then you just do that once and it just every game will work. That right. I don't know. I how it they seems pulled that off technically. Like it was on... I mean, I think it's just a little UI for editing the INI file for DOSBox, right? Because the, every like, time you install a GOG game... Does it mount its own install directory? It does and it put... it installs and I'm pretty sure that Gog installs a new copy of DOSBox with for every, every game. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and with its own INI file that you, you always just had to go in and edit it to like, you know, normal 3x, full screen equals false, whatever. Right. Here's a question. Why is there normal 2x and normal 3x in that list of scaling mechanisms? But no, normal 4X seems like a thing they could figure out how to do because it's literally just 
each pixel is four pixels and you did it with two and three, why does it stop there? Because nobody cared long enough for the resolution on screens to match. To like Normal get big 3X should be enough for everybody. Yeah. But it's not that huge. big on a modern monitor. And it's going to get even smaller. Did you see that article about pixel art and the yep. the people yeah. who made Oro? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 50, 50 Nest screens on a single iPhone. Yeah, there was a screenshot of what Super Mario's look, Super Mario Brothers title screen looked like on an, on an iPhone. And it was like it would fit on there 50 times and native resolution is great what did you think of that article this is this is a thing where basically like the people that made oro were talking about like moving away from pixel art as a form because it was just causing people to think that their art looked bad even though they were paying a lot of attention to it because of the difficulty in adapting it to as as far as i can tell they were like looking at some reviews they got in the app store and seeing some people complaining about pixel art and just assuming that that means everybody hates it. And then they went on a, like a, an extended rant about pixel art versus 3d in general, like pixel art. It has a target market yeah, and it may or may not be the same target market as the dino farm hardcore roguelikes that that, that, that neither of those things are mainstream it's also weird because i would not have looked at their game and said pixel art because it is it's it is a higher resolution res to really like that i think is the issue it kind of hit an uncanny valley of pixel art where it's like maybe this isn't pixel art shovel knight i'm like okay that's a pixel art kind of game yeah and that their game, I wouldn't like if they hadn't said I did, I created this like lovingly 45 color pixel screen. I'm like 45 colors. What what is that <laughs> even from? Like, that's not a power of two at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, my complaint about the article is just that the guy didn't actually gather any data hmm. as to what like there are ways to tell whether your fan base wants what 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 they want. And one of the ways is you ask them. Like in in a scientific fashion and not like a so. Binding of Isaac, Rebirth, yeah. right? That is a pixelated version of the like vector art that was the original, and I don't think it looks better by any means. I also don't think it looks better, but I don't know that it's really pixel art in the same way because it's not like oh it definitely is well but it's not trying to recapture a pixel well no but it's pixel art in the sense that the artist chose each pixel okay right i trust that that's true but looking at it it really looks like they just rasterized the vector art yeah i think think the problem with that particular pixel art is that it's just as pixel art goes it's not very good I think yeah, it's I also that. it's yeah. impossible to extricate your feelings about it from your existing body of experience with the original art. Yeah, and that's good. That's also why it looks that way to me. Like if I didn't have that referent, then it, I would just see it for whatever, see it for what's in front of me, right? I mean, if you saw both of them at the same, like if you were just a new person was introduced to both of them, I'm curious, like. I feel like I can say the old music is objectively better. Oh yeah. But yeah. I don't know that I can that I can confidently say that one way or another about you don't know the if you art in either it. direction. Yeah. It also might be that I just got really used to the old binding of Isaac music. Your 
girlfriend, Kevin, has been playing a fuckload of Binding of Isaac Rebirth. She unlocked the Lost. <sighs> like, that's all she has been doing every time I've seen her. It, that took over for, like, watching True Blood. Is the Lost the thing that had to be discovered? Yeah. Right. N- yeah. yeah. It was the crazy puzzle. Right. Character. Did she do well, it on purpose? The, the Did she read how to, to do it crazy. and do it? I, I, yeah. She could not have done it accidentally. Then maybe, then maybe she didn't unlock the lost. I guess. Like, there are like four weird things that you have to do, right? You have to die to certain enemies as certain characters. In a certain uh, order. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. Then I, I doubt that's what she did. It, and so, the, I mean, they discovered it by like, like decompiling some shit. And yeah. He, looking had, at he, some had, he had a plan for like well, an elaborate my understanding, arg that yeah. instead the, the my understanding that is that they actually company. had like for the most part figured it out normally and only the last few steps oh, like yeah. mm. sort of like with fez yeah yeah somebody did finally solve fez the right way right they figured okay. out how or i don't know oh, i think they, they might have figured out what was supposed to happen but i don't know like it it was solved orthogonally the first time so it's hard to know i know nothing about fez because i bounced off of it so hard oh that was a great game yeah i I really liked the game that fez became after like 10 hours speaking of fez i unlocked a fez in this week's assignment yeah full bore (laughs) yeah there's i don't know if any of you got there but there's a level of the game that is a qr code (laughs) okay (laughs) And if you if you decipher the QR code, it tells you like a sequence of things to do, and you do that thing, and then it unlocks a secret item. Oh, that's which really I clever! Was, huh? Which was pretty cool. neat. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that far. Are we just doing the assignment now with with Zach gone? Yeah, Zach. Zach d- doesn't give two shits. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't give two shits about two piggies. I think what he wants is just more booze. Uh, so okay. We can, yeah. Talk about uh, video games more more thoroughly. Um, I I really like this game. I thought uh, it was real cute. I, I I didn't get very far because I did not really sleep last night, and so when I went to play it today, it was very calming and soothing, and I almost just fell asleep sitting here in, at my desk. <laughs> but uh, I I kind of liked what I saw. It, it struck me as sort of a uh, was it SteamWorld dig except. Everywhere is a puzzle room instead of just free yep. digging. Yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was. I mean, I don't think I'm going to go back. It didn't catch me as something that that I want to go back and play a lot more of. But it seemed well polished. It seemed like a good game. There's a lot of really good puzzle design in here. If I think I think you would like it if you really gave it a chance. Hmm. Okay. Did we all have the experience where when you run it, it pops up a dialogue where it bitches about some files yeah, are missing? And, and then uh, works anyway? Yeah. Well, mine would crash whenever I would go through a door. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. So the <laughs> And that mm. never resolved itself? Uh, it only happened once, and I was like, eh, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I'm guessing that this is a good game. Like, <laughs> the fact that you like it. Kevin makes me believe that it is good and has well-designed puzzles, but I cannot tell the difference between foreground and background elements. Like I got stuck in the tutorial and had to have you help me multiple times. I had a hard time with the art of this game. I do think that like the different 
There are objects that you can walk in front of and stand on top of. Yeah, and and, and like just there, there are a bunch of different kinds of tiles. Mm-hmm. They introduce and they them all look too pretty similar. They look similar, and they introduce them too fast for you to really learn the difference between them. In my experience, at yeah. least, I think they kind of want you to be a little overwhelmed, honestly, because then you have the potential experience of discovering nuances about how things work on your own through play. Hmm. There, there are a bunch of really neat ways that things can interact and unfold. And like you can dig something out and then jump on top of a block before it falls to get to a higher right. location. Right. I guess but they don't tell you that, right? Like that. And that's yeah. neat. I guess that sort of sense of, slight bafflement would parallel the the character's feelings yeah. In, in, yeah in this situation too i kind of bounced off of this game i played it for a couple of hours um and the thing that surprised me most about it was that it was all tile based like it was smoothly animated but the motion was all tile based and like mm-hmm. Riff, when you made the comparison to SteamWorld Dig, like, the reason I liked SteamWorld Dig, I think, was that it is a platformer. Like, and it's got the kineticism of motion and you're, you're, you're jumping around and feeling, feeling, feeling the, the weight of the world and the weight of the character and they're interacting in a kinetic way. And this game has none of that. And I think like because it's if, just no jumping, like that's that's enough to make well, it. Well, also like if you, you can't move your, a your pixel, you move a tile. Constrained. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like the Lisa, a painful RPG yeah. in its sense of like, wow, this is this is a two D platformer, but using like net hack movement rules, right? And hmm. if I think if I had had just had like, it's like. You know, jumping everywhere when you're in World of Work, when you're playing World of Warcraft, you know, if I had had that just like low key, like baseline of, uh, this is a, just a little bit of fun, a constant trickle of a tiny bit of fun as I'm jumping around, I think I would have played this game for a lot longer. Interesting. Like, I loved SteamWorld Dig. Yeah. And played it all the way through, which is something that hardly ever happens to me with console games, especially. Like, and yeah, this didn't. It kind of reminded me to some extent of the old NES game Wrecking Crew uh. because it was possible like and later levels of Wrecking Crew got really like sort of order of order of operations puzzly because it was a bunch of different kinds of tiles that you could interact with mostly by destroying them and then had different interactions with each other depending on what their nature was and but in Wrecking Crew it was very much like a real time game where there were enemies running around kind of burger time me um and this didn't seem to have that although there are clearly some real-time aspects of it because of the like whole jumping on this and getting past it before gravity kicks in yeah right yeah. well and, then, and that gets kind of serious later on yeah um and that was something that it kind of frustrated me too was like these are kind of fiddly controls and they're asking me to do really heavily time constrained stuff with them the keyboard controls are weird and bad yeah i believe like, that it's like the joysticks are mapped to WASD and arrow keys, and then map is backslash, huh. and rewind time is backspace. 
and then everything like it's all things that you're supposed to be able to reach from where your hands are i guess but like you know you could just make it so m is also the map like a game that has a map and m doesn't do anything m could just be the map i don't also yeah i don't right? think like i don't think the opening the map was ever time constrained so you could put it anywhere on the keyboard and it'd be fine i got kind of the same sense well l- let's not call it a sense let's call it an aggravation of the world of this game as I did from Fez, where it was like, oh, okay, I get it. This is just a bunch of meaningless connections between nodes on a graph that are presented in the map on a way that is incomprehensible. So I don't care about this at all. Like, the map on this game is not nearly as god-awful as the map in Fez, but it was... Doors are often meaningfully interconnected i never got any useful information out of the map and i don't know like if that was because i couldn't zoom in enough the i don't the map is not meant to give you a sense of what to do on any given level other than the like little icon legend stuff um it is mostly meant to show you where you are in relation to other doors and exits and stuff like that yeah the way that the geography of this game or i guess the geometry and the geography I got the same sense out of Fez where it wasn't like I understand like a Zelda overworld with some dungeons in it. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand a space with constrained little diverticula that are additional places to explore. Mm -hmm. But this is this just feels kind of like Spelunky. No, nothing. No, it is nothing like Spelunky. I mean, you go through a door and you're in a different room. But you can't go back through a door in That's Spelunky. That's the only it's, difference. Eh, every level in Spelunky is a square and you go through them in exactly one order and that's it. There is no branching. And Wait, you said, what do you mean there's no branching? There's all kinds of different alternate optional levels in Spelunky. There's no. the mothership, there's the... City of Gold. There's, there's the, no branching within a game. Yeah, yeah, that's you. You can't go back to the branch and take the other path. Okay, but if you could, it would. I think the map would look a lot like the map in this game. But you can't, so it doesn't. Uh, okay. Like, uh, I mean, I think it's it is important that like that's never anything you have to think about in Spelunky. Yeah. Huh. Whereas this, it's like, oh, this map looks like something that I am probably supposed to understand if I want to accomplish anything in this game, and I don't understand it, so... Uh, it's just, it's just a, like, there's just different rooms, and they're connected by lines between the two doors. Like, sure. It's- but it doesn't, there is no context for that to mean anything. And, like, you also weren't put off by this in Fez, whereas I was like, what the fuck am I supposed, like, hmm. I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing, because... This is just an unconstrained graph of nodes. I feel like Fez, that was kind of part of what Fez was, was just topologically confusing on a fractal level. But they were, like, divided into regions in the sense of, like, this is how many, like, cubes are left in this region for you to collect, except the regions weren't differentiated, either on the map or in the way that they looked or the way that you got to them or the way that they were contained and this i just got the same sense of like complete bewilderment about like are there only like 
30 gems or something in this there game? Were, well, there are 40 gems in the first set of levels, but there's multiple sets of levels. So does that mean there are multiple maps? But this is what I'm saying. Like the yes. map, the map was worse there than no maps. information in terms of letting me know how big the space I was meant to explore was. The map. So the first map is. I mean, it could have been an entire game because it's you know it's a, it's multi-hour sort of exploration situation, and then you unlock a second one. I think there are maybe four or five total maps. Hmm. Um, I mean, this is a bullshit complaint. To some extent, but yeah, I don't know. I think the compl- complaint about it crashing when you go through a door is better. Oh, sure. That, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it really did only happen once. Okay. But, but it was like, eh, do I, do I want to wait for this game to run again? No, I really don't. <laughs> like, and, you know, sorry, it's just not like, again, I don't think it's a bad game. It's just definitely not a game for me. And I really do find, games with this kind of geometry to be extremely alienating. Like, that is why I quit playing Fez, is because I could literally just go... Like, it is alienating in the same way that the real world is alienating. Like, trying to just go out into a city and do something if I don't know where I'm supposed to go is the worst thing in the world for me. So Because so games- this, is why, this is why trains are awesome and buses are horrifying, mm-hmm. is because we, we talked about this, right? I know whether I'm in the right place to get on a train or not because there's only one place to get on a train. I don't know if I'm in the right place to get on a bus or not because a bus could be fucking anywhere. And that makes that makes buses fundamentally just bullshit that I refuse to deal with and will spend however much money it takes to not ever have to deal with it. And trains, a thing that I find very comforting and very easy to deal with. Yeah, even if there's a bus stop, it could be a decommissioned bus stop. It could. Yep. It could be like an old bus stop. It could be some fake advertisement that just is meant to look like a bus stop. The bus route could have changed. Yeah, it the bus. Be, it it's could a, be that it's a the lot. particular number of bus that you need does not stop at that stop. Yep, yeah. and they haven't updated the thing. Like it's yep. it, like yeah, whereas like trains, it's a lot harder to change the route of a train. Yep. Anyway, yeah. and so so that's the thing. Like direction. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it sucks. A Zelda game or a Metroid game. A, a, a Metroid game is a lot like a metro, and you are an android <laughs> navigating that metro. Uh, whereas a so Fez ten, is more like a bus. Why is Metroid okay? Because it, it just is constrained. It's like one area. It's one map and it's constrained. But you go through effectively doorways in Metroid and are in new areas and that doesn't bother you. They fit together. In but you don't know that. You do because there's you can no, see the map. You where in in Met, in Super Metroid there's a map. Okay, in Super Metroid there's a map, but in Metroid you're just yeah, you're just in, going in Metroid. From area you have to area. make the map, okay. but you can, and it's yeah. just a space. Like you've seen it. Yes, but I don't think as a kid you would recognize that it was actually viable to write down on a piece of graph paper, right? Like. I, well, then maybe all I had was an intuitive sense of it as a kid. I also never, I don't remember playing any games as a kid that made me feel like overwhelmed with the geometry in the same way that Fez did hmm. as an adult, because maybe they just didn't make them that way. I mean, there there are probably games that I played that actually work the way that Fez does, where it's just like, hey, you go through this door and it's did whatever. Did you play Goonies 2 as a kid? Yeah. 
I was very confused by the map layout in that game. I had a physical map of that. Oh. Like, I played that game to completion as a kid, and I think it is because I had a map from, like, Nintendo Power, or actually, I think the game came with a map in the box. Yeah, I only rented it. But it had two sides. You'd move between two sides of the map. Oh. That um, explains a lot. made it extra confusing, but... Uh, yeah. But again, it... The map made sense. What wasn't good about Goonies 2 was, like, the way that you you'd go into these things that were just like sort of wizardry style first person maze rooms, which were just kind of a waste of time. Right. Like they could have just so been, just like you go into this door and it just pops up a dialogue that again. says, yeah, exactly. Like it, it, you know, it added a few like little adventure game elements there, but it's like that it, it is an adventure game in the sense that you just read Nintendo power about how to proceed. <laughs> I keep thinking that, I should propose Goonies 2 as an assignment, but I think I would probably even hate it at this point. I remember enjoying it 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years ago. Kevin, did you get far enough in full bore to figure out why people were comparing it to Frog Fractions? Hmm. Like, so you you start seeing pretty early on, like, there, there's this backstory of what's happening underground in the Boar civilization or whatever. Right. Does that, have you gotten far enough for that to pay off? Uh, I mean, so those, those, all of those entries were left by humans, if that matters. Huh. Um, they're, like, I, I am maybe, again, probably a, fifth of the way through the game and the story in that regard right how do you know that because i'm assuming again that there's probably five maps and i i got to the second i just basically got to the second one when you load their game there's a percentage complete meter yeah and i forget what i was at i think it was probably 17 or 20 percent or something like that yeah okay um yeah it is it is quite expansive um, I mean, can, it makes sense can, that it would be, right? Like, it's a constrained rule set and then just a bunch of tiles. It looks really nice. Like, it uses that Spelunky trick of, like, having tiles with borders that extend past the edge of the tile to make them look nice and less like tiles. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then they have to, they just have to have rules about how they overlap. Yeah, which things are on which Z layers, yeah. There's a, I, there's I had a really a hard time, on. though, like, d- differentiating between foreground elements and background elements or, and things. That, that is a common like. complaint that you have yeah. with games. I mean, I think it's probably partly color vision. It's probably partly just, like, poor spatial skills. But, like, it's it's, it's real. I remember Super Time Force. I, I didn't agree with you most of the time except for that one like subway car that you had to go down into diagonally and like i had no idea that that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. like teleglitch was a game that suffered from that really yeah, badly. foreground and yeah. background man i'm a little worried that as excited as i am about our next assignment invisible yes. ink um, I played a level of it and found its visual style while very charming and very well executed to really interfere with my ability to understand what's going on on the screen. Hmm. I hope that that's not a thing that continues because I'd like to play this video. I think maybe what I want is the like NES demake of it, which is just <laughs> like top down tile. Yeah, I was thinking what a 
puzzle script demake of full bore would be like because i think it would probably be possible yeah I, that, that's kind of what i was getting at when i was saying like the movement was tile based it felt like a puzzle script game that had just been taken pretty to the next up. level yeah <laughs> and the prettying up i think interfered with my ability to comprehend what was going on gameplay wise yeah that's that's often the case i think but you know nobody would buy it if it was a puzzle script game right well i mean you know the 30 of us that are playing Arcane Tower would maybe buy it. Like, you need to get a real phone, Jim. <laughs> what, huh? Mm. I've got a phone. You can call me on it. <laughs> no, I can't. You like, can send you, text messages. When you send me a text message, it shows up on my computer for some fucking reason. <laughs> so, I like, <laughs> you're outside of our system. That sounds pretty cool. Sure. I'm- I'm the iconoclast. <laughs> Except my phone is always in my pants and my computer is always on my desk. So I don't want to send you a text in your pants. Yeah, well. You should just leave your pants on your desk. Hmm. And then all computer. the messages are at least going to the same place. So anyway, Invisible Ink is our next assignment. And it, yep. it's, uh, yeah, so when we proposed this, Jim, you said, I can probably tolerate that. Yeah. Why is that your, why is that your reaction? It's, this is a, a tactics game, right? I have no idea. That's what I, that's the impression I got. Do you doesn't like a tactics game? I, I does not. I does not. The last one that I, like, really tried playing was Shadow Complex in, like, 1997, maybe. Are you, I don't think you're, Shadow Complex was a game from, like, 2000. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It was not Shadow Complex. What was it? Shadow something. Anyway. What I I'll remember just look up was Shadow that Star on Google, and I'm sure it'll come up. Sh- Shadow, Shadow, Le- Sh- something. Shadow something of the rather. Colossus. <laughs> no, that, I liked that one a lot. Shadow Warrior. It was it was a it was the a game where there was like one of your party members was Australian, and when you shot somebody, and they didn't die, she said he needs more shooting. So mm. that was pretty cool. I I just I just tend not to like games where. The opponent has a similar set of abilities as me because that's too fair. Hmm. I'm like, fuck that. It's too much work you to just like want to mow down goblins. Shadow Watch? That's it. That's Weird. it. Shadow Watch. I've never even heard of that game. I, some... I found that by looking for Shadow Needs More Shooting. <laughs> okay. <Nice. laughs> Does it say 1997? Did that, I remember that I, right? I, that I need to finish looking up. I just I just found the name. Now I can search yeah. for the name. Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, how would they do it? Uh, they would probably just go to our website. Seems good. Look. Video games like hotdog.com. And you can uh, kill a squeet, a squeet skeleton. Squeet skeleton. Squeet skeleton. You can't really. Somebody uh, sent in a listener's mail asking how much work it would be for me to make that into a thing where you could actually play a little game where you clicked on a skeleton and then the sword appeared. And it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like a punch the monkey banner ad? Yeah. The skeleton is just whipping back and forth. <laughs> Shadow Watch came out in 2000. Oh, okay. More recent than I thought. Uh, yeah. And there's a there's a field to input questions and comments and stuff. And... We uh we actually seem to be going through those on a showly basis. Yeah, no, that's nice. I've been having fun with that. I think it's a good idea to insert it as opposed to putting it off until the time when I often feel like I'm 
when you're done too drunk to continue doing it doing a, a podcast guys i've had a fantastic time recording episode number 198 of this podcast with you and i hope we do it again real soon and listeners i hope you'll join us and until you do Keep your ear in the air conditioner. Keep ear. Keep your ear. Keep your ear in the ear conditioner. In the ear conditioner, <laughs> and keep licking the dresser. Huh? All right. Uh, See you next week. Good night. Uh, have a great week, everybody. <laughs> ear conditioner is like Q-tip lube. <laughs> You're not supposed to put those in your ears. If I were a lady, I would not take a bath in the dildo store. I'm sorry. Huh.